presence here and your desire to do us good and so we just open our hearts and faith to receive the goodness that you have for us we're here to receive your word lord and hear from heaven so that we can live for you and live a life that's um, pleasing to you so we thank you for that opportunity lord in jesus name amen 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 so we're going to talk about the fact that praise ushers in a change we started that yesterday and Talking about the power of praise and especially the power of repentance and the forgiveness of sins in establishing our righteousness before God. God, and that really cannot be stressed enough. And I think sometimes we kind of forget or take it for granted or we don't uh, follow through on some things that God has, has given us to, to show our our humility and, and our submission to him. Uh, but I think it's a good thing to get a habit in the habit of, of practicing to do. I know I was thinking some things to, uh, you know, whenever the new year starts, you want to get it off to a good foot. And I was thinking about all the things I said. I said, I should do more of that. I should do more of that, you know. And so it's it's good to always be mindful of the fact that God wants us to live a life pleasing to him and live a life close to him. And the Holy Spirit does help us quite a bit. He prompts us to do the right things at the right time. And and so it's always good to keep that uh, close fellowship with God because it, it's really everything. That's what we were created to do. We created to worship him, created to be a praise uh, to his name and, and uh, have fellowship with him, be pleased pleasing to him uh, be his glory you know in the earth and so i'm just really thankful that god helps us to just get ourselves focused on what's important you know what's what's good what's for us and so uh we're showing yesterday at the dedication of the temple under solomon's rule how uh the people started out first uh, with repentance and making sacrifices. That was always the first order of business to come into the presence of God. And it's that, that way now. You know, we, we always have to acknowledge the shed blood of Jesus by confessing our sins in, in, uh, humility and, and, uh, submission, uh, to the Lord and show Him, uh, that we understand the purpose that we're here is because of what He did. You know, not because we haven't done this in a while and we haven't done that in a while and we've been good kids and all of that. That's subject to change when you get your mind focused on some dumb stuff. Amen. And so we we really do have to be mindful of those things because the enemy continually lays snares for us. Uh, to step into and and uh, we do have to humble ourselves i was uh, uh i listened to miss nola did a teaching not too long ago and uh, i used to you know keep a schedule when she was ministering so i could listen you know and and uh you know just to hear how how she's doing you know you always when you when you teach people you always want to see the fruits <laughs> of your teaching but also it encourages me to hear how people study the word and, and they have a word that they can deliver that blesses me and teaches me and encourages me. And and so uh, I was talking to her a couple of days ago and she reminded me. She said, did you hear my? I said, oh, no, I forgot. I said, I'm going to listen to it, though. And she talked about the snare 
uh, of the fowler and how the enemy set snares for us and, and how she stepped into a snare and how God delivered her. And uh, I was kind of funny to me because I noticed after she needed God's help, she was so careful to do it. <laughs> you know how we get. You're very careful to do everything right when you need something from God. Amen. But we need to live like that all the time. You got me? Because we need to be right with him all the time. And so I thought we'd start here for this new year because, you know, we need to be right with God all the time. This will this will keep you right with him. Amen. This will keep you right. And uh, it's not important who's right and who's wrong in these situations. Uh, what's important is peace between God's people. Amen. Peace in the hearts, our hearts toward one another. Peace in your families, peace in your at your jobs and and all of that. Um I I was really really uh, troubled. I saw a little clip of a minister preaching and he was I forget the title of his sermon, but you know, it's a little video. I listened to it for a couple minutes until I found out what it was about. Uh, but he started out by talking about a divorce that he had gone through and, you know, people, there's people now, ministers now that won't speak to me and, you know, all this stuff. And it's always a bad sign when you sin and you start off pointing the finger at other people. So it's a bad sign already, but I went ahead and listened. And he said, um, I didn't cheat on my wife. She didn't cheat on me. The reason we're divorced is uh, we we have irreconcilable differences. I said, well, you need to sit down because we are given a ministry of reconciliation. There's nothing irreconcilable, especially between a husband and wife. You got me? Nothing. It can all be forgiven. We're supposed to live in a state of zero offenses against one another. You got me? And so uh, I'm, I just, after I heard that, I said, well, I'm not speaking to you either. I don't even know you, but I'm speaking to you. I listen to you. Because you don't want to hear a litany of excuses for why they won't obey God. The two men, a man and a woman of God who are shepherds over his flock and can't get along. What are you ministering to your congregation? You got me? And so it's like that, folks. We have to learn how to do what God expects us to do because there is expectation of us. Um, and many times we forget that. In the hustle and bustle of wanting to be ministers and wanting to, you know, give somebody a word and want to get out and pray for the sick and do this and do that, you can trample over the very people that God has put in your life to be a blessing to you. And so we have to remember all things, amen, be pleasing to him in all things. So we went through one of the scriptures. This is a continuation of it. I think it's in Second Chronicles chapter 7. And I did want to point a few things out here that are kind of like embellishments of what we went over yesterday in Second Chronicles 5 verses 1 through 14. And really the entire chapter gives the, um, sets up the system of worship. And what happened when the people repented of their sins, made sacrifices and offerings, God accepted them, and the glory came in and filled the house so the priests couldn't stand to minister. 
God overwhelm them. And and we all want that. We all talk, oh, the glory's going to fall. We want the glory. But do we do the things that are necessary to make God welcome in our midst the way we should? And so we're going to do that. We're going to start understanding you know, when we come into the service of worship, you know, that we keep our hearts pure before God. You don't come in with a scowl on your face, barely making it there, and then you expect the worship to pump you up. You, you got me? <laughs> you, you're starting off at a deficit already, you know, so you, we have to do the things routinely that God commands us to do. And so, uh, here in, in chapter 7, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, uh Solomon has prayed a prayer uh before God and uh it says seven verse one when Solomon had made an end of praying the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temper temple. Now fire came down from heaven. It's the same thing that happens with us when God rains his presence down on us. Amen. We have a, a glory within that that is the power of the holy spirit but then there is an anointing that comes from outside to confirm amen uh that god is pleased he doesn't come down if he's not pleased you know or unless he's coming down to referee <laughs> so he can get pleased i take that back but in worship and in prayer and things of that nature in these peaceful interactions with god amen it says the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. He's super pleased with that. Whatever you did to get that to happen, keep doing it. Amen. Because he's super pleased with that. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good and his mercy endures forever. When the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord, and King Solomon offered a sacrifice twenty two thousand ox, a hundred and twenty thousand sheep, and so the king and all the people dedicated the house of the Lord. Now I'm I'm sure many of those animals were not killed in they're not killed in one day. You understand what I'm saying? They made offering and sacrifices, but those were dedicated as offerings to the Lord. Got me? And the priests waited on their offices, the Levites also with instruments of the music of the Lord, which David the king had made to praise the Lord because his mercy endures forever. When David praised by their, when David praised by their ministry and the priests sounded trumpets before them and all Israel stood. Moreover, Solomon hallowed or, or made holy the middle of the court that was before the house of God. For there he offered burnt offerings and the fat and peace offerings. So every place the blood is shed is a holy place before God. Amen. So Solomon is more and more dedicating uh, <clears throat> places to the Lord 
as he expands their worship in this nation. Uh, because the brazen offer, offer, altar which Solomon had made wasn't able to receive all the offerings. Amen. The burnt offerings and meat offerings and the fat. Also at the same time Solomon kept the feast seven days and all Israel with him. A very great congregation for the entering in of Hamath unto the uh, river of Egypt. So I don't know how big that was but I bet it was a big territory. And in the eighth day they made a solemn assembly for they kept the dedication of the altar seven days and the feast seven days. And on the three and twentieth day of the seventh month he sent the people away to their tents glad and merry. Why? Because their sins were forgiven. And the presence of God dwelled with them. In the heart, merry in heart for the goodness that the Lord had shown unto David and to Solomon and to Israel his people. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that came to Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house he prosperously effected. See, when you get your assignment from God, he, he provides lavishly for your needs. Amen. He won't bless greed. He knows the difference. So many times what a lot of his dealings with us is to get the wrong idea out and the right idea in to our minds and to our hearts. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer. And have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. And if I shut up heaven that there be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. And if I send pestilence among your people. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. And seek my face and turn from there. So you got a lot of things to do. You got a list of obediences to carry out humble yourself turn from your wicked ways amen and pray seek my face then i will hear from heaven forgive their sin and heal their land amen so just saying god please heal our land is not going to get it amen that's why we take the time to repent and ask god's forgiveness before we try to come into his presence asking anything i mean that's just so simple amen now my eyes shall be open and my ears attentive unto your prayer that is made in this place For now have I chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. So if God looks upon you, that means you already have what you're asking for. Amen. The, the blessing, the, uh, in Numbers, I think it, I think it's 623, uh, where, where uh, Moses blessed the people and said, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. When God turns his back towards you, he doesn't hear you. But if he turns his face upon you, amen, to look upon you, that means he will hear you 
So what he's saying is may you always be heard by God. May all your prayers be answered. May you always have God's ear. May you always have God's eyes looking favorably upon you. Amen. And he said, then he says he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now if when the, the person who was asking humbled themselves, Amen. They had their head bowed to the ground. You see that over and over again. We just read that here in Second uh, Chronicles 7. When they bow their faces to the ground and worship, they don't look up at the king. Amen. You keep yourself humbled before him. And then after he's heard you and is willing to grant you peace, which means grant you your petition, grant you what you need, give you assurance you've got it already, then he lifts his countenance upon you. He tells you, okay, stand up and look at me. You have what you are requesting. And that's the gist of, of that blessing. Amen. So God wants us to approach him, honoring him, humble to him. So that he can always see and always hear and then lift his countenance upon us. Amen. And give us his peace. His peace is your, your, you go away in the assurance that you have what you're asking for. And all that's left now is to rejoice that you have it already. Amen. And so that's what the people did here. So they feasted seven days. And Solomon sent them home and they went away to their tents glad and merry in heart for the goodness that the Lord had shown unto David and Solomon and to Israel his people. Amen. And so it was a, a blessing all the way around for everybody involved. Amen. And he says, now my eyes shall be open and my ears attentive unto the prayer that is made in this place so it was a place of sacrifice and offering so there there should always be blood acknowledge shed blood acknowledge in the place of your prayer for your prayer to be heard that's what god's saying so we don't have to go to church to pray we don't have to go to the temple to pray but sanctify your hearts amen purify your hearts get all the 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 uh, animosity out get all the negativity out get all the fear out all of the nonsense out and just allow god to pour in his righteousness so that that pure that prayer that comes out of your lips is a pure prayer it's a prayer that's heard and it's a prayer that's honored amen and he says he's going to do that perpetually god never stops answering prayer for people he said and as for you if you will walk before me as david your father walked and do according now this is he talking to solomon do according to all that i have commanded you and observe my statutes and my judgments then will i establish the throne of your kingdom according as i have covenanted with david your father saying there shall not fail you a man to be a ruler in in israel and god honored that to the time of jesus christ but if you turn away and forsake my statutes and commandments which I have set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them. Then I will pluck them up by the roots out of my land which I have given them, and this house which I have sanctified for my name I will cast out of my sight and make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. And so God's promises are sure. They are dependent though 
upon our obedience. Amen. That's always. I don't understand a lot of the teaching that we sit under nowadays that has no reminder at least of obedience to, to God's statutes and then they promise you all kinds of things. I, I just don't see it as being, and you know, I've, these are some people I've listened to for years and you never hear holiness preached. You never hear I mean, any of the requirements in the prerequisites for even getting in his presence to pray. You understand what I'm saying? And so we, we have to be careful, folks, that we don't get lax on our end. You know, God, you're going to do all this for me. What's my part? Huh? And then we say, well, I just got to believe. Yeah, but faith is righteousness. Amen. And so how do you apply righteous faith? It's through the remission of sins. I mean, it always is. It's just not you can't, you can believe God on top of all your nonsense. You get rid of the nonsense. Let, let nothing stand between you and God. Don't, don't get squirrely about things like that. Uh, because that's always a promise. I remember when the, the prosperity teaching first started, you know, you would see, uh, uh, comments sometimes, you know, uh, where people would, ministers would say, you know, God, you know, look at the testimony, so and so, God heal this person, and, and you know, every now and then you see one person pipe up and say, yeah, but right living will get it done for you every time. You don't forget to tell them about right living, you know. It's, it's, he's a holy God. There's a requirement, folks. Amen. You don't get anything from anybody for free. Amen. So there's a price to be paid on our end and there's a requirement on our part that we keep righteousness in our hearts. Amen. It's just always yielding to God and his word and be obedient to his word. You slip up and mess up, you confess it to God and you get that straightened out. God, I don't want anything between me. It's not worth it to live apart from you. Amen. I tried that before. Now I'm saved and I want to live close to you. And that's that's how you live. Amen. You live close to God. Okay, so uh now in Second Chronicles twenty, I think I'm trying to think how we're starting and Mm-hmm. I'll give you a little background here. There are three nations that have come against Israel and they're afraid. Amen. <clears throat> um, Israel is slipping. The only reason they're afraid of their enemies is they have slipped away from God. When you live in the presence of God and in close fellowship with God, you ain't scared of nothing. You understand me? Because <laughs> you know everything's taken care of. You know God is your God and he's there for you. Uh, you don't fear anything. Amen. I mean, even death. It's like, oh, come on now. Everybody's going to die at some time. I'm not scared of it. You know, I don't want to be sick or I don't want to be whatever. But, you know, let's face this here. Uh, to be absent from the body will be in the presence of the Lord. Uh, but you want to stay around. So you want to fight this thing. And you want to you wanna, uh, stay here until God says it's time for you to step over and be with him. That's what you fight for. You fight toward the will of God for your life. And, and so uh, God has a purpose and a plan for all of us. And we want to fulfill that plan, you know. Uh, so while we start in, in, chat, in verse 1, it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and them and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. So Jehoshaphat is a king of Israel at this point. 
there came some then there came some that told Jehoshaphat saying there becomes a great multitude against you from beyond the sea on this side of Syria and behold they are in Hazan Tamar which is in Gedi Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah Amen. Now this man was smart enough to remember what God has spoken to Solomon. Amen. And, and this is important for us to do is to always call and to remember. It's the first thing he wants to do is say, what's my part to make sure God's with us? Because all these people coming against us, we can't do this on our own. We're going to have to have God's help. And verse three, and and so, and in verse four, and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So this is serious. So they obeyed the king, and Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he said. If you said, O Lord God of, of our fathers, are you not God in heaven and you rule over all the kingdoms of the heathen and in your hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand you? You gotta have a right concept of who your God is. You can't be believing he's wishy-washy or he's weak. Or there's anything wrong with him. And you can't get up and think he might not help you. You got me? You got to be sold on the fact that you have a covenant with him. That his help is going to come for you. Amen. And he says here. And and they. He says aren't you our God who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people Israel. And gave it to the seed of Abraham your friend forever. So he's putting God in remembrance of his covenant. Amen. Never go up to God wishy-washy scared, not knowing, not understanding what he's promised to do, what your covenant is. This is why when we're in trouble, we go to the word first. Amen. Always go to the word and get understanding of what you can expect God to do. And he said here in in, in verse 8, And they dwelt therein and have built you a sanctuary for your name, saying, If when evil comes upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in your presence, for your name is in this house, and cry unto you in our affliction, then you will hear and help. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out from the land of Egypt but but turned from them and didn't destroy them. So in other words we did these people a favor. You made us friends with these people. See he's reminding God that the battle is always yours. We we sought you about these people some some generations back and you told us not to fight with them. But now they're turning against us, God. So what, what do you do? He says, and, and he says, behold, I say how your reward, how they reward us to come to cast us out of your possession, which you have given to us to inherit. Oh Lord God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us, and we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Okay. 
This is, this is your confession. When you don't know what to do. When you've got bills mounted up or you've got things that you thought were, were gonna go through at a certain rate and go through at a certain time and they, it takes forever. God, we don't know what to do. We don't have any might against this delay or against this problem, but our eyes are on you. Amen. Keep your eyes on God. Quit running around trying to solve your own problems and make your own way. Keep your eyes upon Him. And so if your eyes are upon God, you won't do anything until you get an inkling, an answer, or an unction to move out. Amen. And so he says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And then uh, and then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah. So these are priests. Amen. The son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, now, see, this is, this is why I don't let everybody that says they have a word for you prophesy. It said the spirit of the Lord came on him. So if I don't detect the spirit of prophecy on somebody, I don't let them, come on folks, you don't, I mean, you don't just get a random somebody all of a sudden wants to talk and God's with them. It don't work like that. The spirit of God comes on them first and he tells them what to say. You gotta pay attention to things, amen. And really pay attention when the spirit of prophecy is in the midst and, and respect the Holy Spirit is used in that person. He says, and he said, hearken ye all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but God's. Amen. The battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand you still and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah, Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Now, this his instructions in verse 17, you don't need to fight. That's for us too. But set yourselves. Stand on the word. Declare the word. God doesn't fight for you without you giving him something to in agreement with him to fight with. You must stand still on the word and quit changing your confession, quit vacillating, quit being discouraged, quit all that stuff. But take a stand. Amen. And when God sees you standing, he's standing with you and he does the fighting. His spirit does the fighting for you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head, his face, bowed his head with his face to the ground. That's a position of worship, folks. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Worship will get you through your troubles. Don't just sit up and be angry because God hasn't answered yet or whatever you think is going on or has taken time. You just continue to worship God. When you think you're discouraged, say, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to worship you, Lord. I thank you, Father. Amen. Keep an attitude of thanksgiving. Keep an attitude of, of um, 
sobriety and somberness. Amen. Always keep that attitude before God and he will answer. Amen. He says, and the Levites, the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a loud voice. And they rose up early in the morning and went into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so you shall be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And we, had, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went forth, went out before the army, and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And can you imagine how confused them enemies were when they started them, saw them people excited and happy? <laughs> praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That put confusion on the devil like nothing else. And when they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord said ambushments against. Now while they're praising God, God's working behind the scenes and causing the enemy to be defeated. Amen. They were come against Judah and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of the enemies that were coming against Israel in one force turned around and started fighting each other. Instead of getting along and fighting Israel, they start fighting. They's mad at each other, I guess. They said, well, shoot, I'm going to hurt me somebody. Utterly to slay, to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy one another. Amen. So God will cause your enemies to turn on one another if you will humble yourself to him. Man, get the anger out of your heart toward people for things they do wrong. You know, just put the keep the walls away. Take the walls down. Amen. Just let God open up your heart to forgive and love and, and embrace people and continue to go on and live a good Christian life. When Judah came toward the watch tower in the wilderness, they looked into the multitude and behold, there were dead bodies falling all over the ground and no one escaped. So when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil, that means anybody's jewelry, they took it off them. Anybody had uh, weapons, they took them. If they had animals alive, they took all of that. If they had swords, they took the swords. If they had, amen? That's the wealth of the wicked laid up for the just. You got me? You get it when you obey God and win a battle, amen? You just can't call for it because you want their money. You got me? Let's let's be reasonable here. And when Jehoshaphat and people came to take away the spoil, they found them among them in abundance, riches, dead bodies, with the dead bodies, precious jewels. They stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil. It was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Berechiah, for they for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of the name of the same place was called the Valley of Berechiah to this day. In their return, every man of Judah and Jerusalem, Jehoshaphat, in the forefront of them to go again to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. Amen. 
And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps. So they continued to praise God. They didn't just praise him until they got what they wanted and stopped. Amen. They continue to praise God. And that's what God wants us to do. He said, hey, if I can turn things around, amen, for you through your praise, think how you could live every day. (laughs) If praise ushers in a change, you want to change every day. You want to change for the better every day in your life. Because this is how we serve God. Amen. This is how God is honored. This is how he's glorified. This is how it happens, folks. Through our continually giving of thanks. To our continually praising God. To our continually lifting him up. And always being thankful. Amen. Being thankful in our hearts. And let let the fruit of our lips express thanksgiving. Amen. Let the Let our lips praise him. Amen. Amen. God is so good. Amen. Psalm 42.11. Oopsie. It says here, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted in me? You ever been in a mad, bad mood? Grumble, grumble, grumble. Sometimes the grumbles will just follow you. And make you an easy mark. You know what I'm saying? It's like, ah, I get this one again. They always fall for this thing. Amen. Uh, so you, you have to be cautious of those things to just allow God to always keep a praise on your lips. Amen. It, it's easier. The devil has less trouble finding you. He has more trouble finding you when you praise God. He has to stay away from you because that puts God in the forefront. Your thanksgiving keeps him at a distance. Amen. It really, really does. You don't have to get mad every time somebody pulls out in front of you in traffic. You understand what I'm saying? You don't have to get mad every time, you know, you're short on your, your bills or so. You don't have to get, get mad every time these things happen. You, you don't have to react in the flesh to anything. You can stay in praise and thanksgiving. God, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to praise you and get out of this. I'm not going to let this stop me. Amen. And so if, if the enemy can stop your praise, he can stop your blessings. Amen. He, he can stop the goodness that's in your heart. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Put your hope in God. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. In other words, God is the one that keeps me full of joy. God is the one who helps me to praise him. God is the one that helps me. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be disquieted. I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna give in to the flesh. I'm not gonna be short tempered with anybody. You know, sometimes we walk around looking for something to snap at. You know what I'm saying? Just, (laughs) chill. Don't be so tense. Just, and then the minute it happens, we snap at it like we're trained animals. You know what I'm saying? Stop doing that, man. Stop doing that. Hope, hope in God. Yet praise Him. Even though you could get stupid and disquieted, yet praise Him. Know what a yet praise is? It means yet in spite of all my nonsense, I praise you. Yet in spite of my habit to always jump and act crazy, I praise you. Yet in spite of my desire to get offended, I praise you. Amen. Yet in spite of, I praise you. 
It's a yet praise. Amen. Yet praise. It's a yet praise. It's a yet praise. It's not circumstantial. It's yet. Amen. It's not because things are going good in the natural. It's yet. Amen. Yet though it's not what I want it to be, I praise you. You're the help of my countenance. I need you to lift my head. I need you to get me out of the doldrums. And you're the one who can do that. But you can't do it until I praise you. Amen. I got to offer that up to you first. Amen. Amen. He's a good God. He's there to help us with everything. You don't have to force yourself to be a good person. Are you kidding me? Who wants to? But if you will do what God tells you to, put yourself in a position where he can help you, he will help you. Amen. And praise positions you so that God can help you. Amen. In verse 5, he says, 43.5, he says it again. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Amen. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. In other words, in case you only read 42 and you didn't get the message, here he is back with 43 telling you again. Amen. 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 Uh, one of the prophets repeats that. I forget what's either, uh, uh, um, thank you Jesus. Which one is it? Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I can't think of which one. I, Lamentations 4 they have here as a reference. 4211, 435. Amen. So, so we have many remembrances of how to get ourselves out of the mess that we're in. Amen. You can get yourself out of any mess you get yourself into because God is your hope. He is your hope. Amen. He is your hope. Praise God. So God is the health of your countenance. He'll make your face smile. He make it shine. He make it healthy. Uh, a sad heart, a sad heart makes a sick countenance or a sick heart makes a sad countenance. Amen. So you want a healthy countenance. You want a smile on your face. You want to be joyful. You want to be encouraged and encouraging. Amen. Want to be encouraged and encouraging, man. Psalm sixty-six, verse two: Sing forth the honor of His name, make His praise glorious. Make His praise glorious. Make His praise glorious. Amen. In other words, you're the one. God's looking at you. To cause his his glory to shine forth in the earth. He pours out his glory among his people. We make his praise glorious. Amen. Uh, David talked about uh, his tongue. And uh, I'm going to be able to find that scripture somewhere. I know I can't look it up because there are too many words of that. But I did. I had it on Facebook on a post in Facebook this week. But uh, he he referred to his tongue as his glory. Amen. He says, my glory shall praise him. In other words, I rename my tongue glory so I wouldn't use it for any other purpose. Amen. It's a good thing to remember that your tongue was made to praise him. 
not to complain, not to, you know, uh, to make a bad confession, not to embellish what the enemy's saying, not to accuse, not to ridicule, not to do anything like that. But your tongue was made to praise him. Amen. So God wants us at all times. His praise shall continually by blessing him at all times. Let his praise continually be in your mouth. And you, when you, when you stop yourself, you can stop yourself in the midst of grumbling and complaining and murmuring and, and just being immature. I think that's something sometimes people cling to. They just don't want, I just don't want to stop this. You know, I want to stop this. <laughs> you know, and just hanging on to nonsense things. But the mature way is to take the way of praise. Take the way of lifting him up. Take the way, you're going to do that at some point. You get low enough, you will praise God. You understand what I'm saying? You'll obey God. You get, get a distant enough for, away from God, you're going to praise him. Amen. And, and just, just continually let it be in your mouth. Don't, don't give yourself place for anything else. You know, people's lives change when they obey things like this. You fall off the wagon, you, you repent, you get back up on the wagon and you show God, no God, I'm not going to let this defeat me. I'm going to de- continually praise you. Amen. And, and I'm gonna, you know, if, if people correct you, you're gonna forgive them for being offended that you got corrected. You understand what I'm saying? And, and just pony up and, and shape up. Amen? Cause if somebody's directing you in the right direction, you should have no complaint with that. You understand what I'm saying? But we use that as an excuse to not receive counsel and not receive correction. And so we need it. You know, when, when the Bible says, when the righteous smite me, it's a kindness. Nobody who's righteous is trying to uh, shame you or hurt you. You need to quit taking it the wrong way and just allow God to help you to get more blessing in your life amen you're going to get more benefit out of this if you go this way you're going to be more helped in more situations if you allow God to help you to let your countenance always be uh, let his countenance always shine upon your life amen let him look at you with joy and let him look at you with peace and let him look at you with approval you know Sometimes we don't realize how how much disapproval our life reflects. You know what I'm saying? You just, you know, just let God approve of you. God, I'm doing this because I want you to approve of me. Help me to do it consistently so you can approve of me more. It's just the way it works. Amen. He wants to train us to let our spirits lead in life. Amen. Okay, we can stop. Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. We thank you for the good things that you've deposited in our lives just through our spending this time with you. So we thank you, Lord, for for allowing us in your presence. And we honor you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God.